We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you on a Tuesday here on Christmas week. Uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Early Christmas to those of you out there who celebrate. Um, a few days away, we got a couple of games, obviously, to go until then, including tonight against the Detroit Pistons in a game that, well, I don't know if it's a must win because, I mean, the Knicks are a bit of walking wounded team right now. But, well, you know, when you play a team that has five wins, maybe just maybe um, go ahead and, and try to beat that team. Although the Pistons did just beat the Heat. So. Uh, what the hell do I know? Um, anyway, this episode, uh, Dave Early, a returning guest. He's been on the pod several times uh, of Liberty Ballers and the uh, and Clutch Points joins me. We talk mostly fake trades, um, kind of lay of the land in terms of the trade landscape around the NBA right now, um, looking at the Knicks, including some other teams who might be in line to make a move. We we um talk about teams who are kind of unsettled this season and spitball trade values and uh some some possible moves that some some again some unsettled franchises may be looking to make and just kind of have a overarching discussion about where things are headed in 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 that respect. Uh I always have a fun time talking to Dave and this was no exception. So I hope you enjoy uh, in terms of just some brief news before we get to my conversation with Dave, an old friend is back with the Knicks. Yes, of course, I'm talking about Damian Dotson, free dot, uh, free dot forever. Uh, he is back. He spent last season with the Cavaliers. He wasn't with anybody right now. The Knicks obviously are down several players. So they signed Damian Dotson to a 10-day contract using their uh their one of their hardship exemptions. So Dotson is back. 
Will he see time as a Nick? Any more time than he saw as a Nick when he was here last, when he um, didn't play nearly as much as I thought he should have at the time? We'll see. My guess is probably not. Uh, but you never know. Crazier things have happened. Um, so that was the the one signing of the day. The only other thing I'll, I'll note, um, and again, an expert on the NBA's health and safety safety protocols, I am not. But I will just say that Today, um, or actually not today, tomorrow. So today, t- tomorrow as I am recording this, today as you are listening to this, today marks um, 11 days after Obi Toppin entered health and safety protocol. So he entered on December 11th, um, Monday, the 20th, marked the 10th day. If you count the day that it was actually announced that he entered, which I'm pretty sure you count that day. Uh, in any case, so Tuesday marks the 11th day. My understanding of the protocols is that you have to miss a minimum of 10 days unless you have like back-to-back uh, negative results on a certain type of test, which that's besides the point because, again, Toppin has already been in there the minimum of 10 days. I, I think Toppin may be available for... The game against the Pistons, again, don't quote me on that. My my understanding of the rules is such that it is possible that he can be out of protocols on Tuesday. Will he be out of protocols on Tuesday? I, I have no idea. Um, but at the very least, I think it, by the by the reading of the rules, as it were, um, he uh, he he could be available. And then R.J. Barrett, who entered protocols the day after Toppin entered on the on the 12th I don't think there's any way he could be back for the Pistons game because for him Tuesday is the 10th day um but at the very least perhaps um well perhaps both of them will be available for the next X game on Thursday and then of course after that we have the Hawks on Christmas Day but getting ahead of myself take it one game at a time and again quite frankly I don't really care who they have for this Pistons game. Go out and win the game, please. Like, really. Um, okay, that's it. Um, without further ado, here's my conversation with Dave Early. Joining me now on the next Film School podcast, he is a returning guest, friend of the pod. Um, one of my, as I said, I think the last time he was on, my original Twitter foils, someone who I spent <laughs> way, 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 way too many hours talking about a terrible basketball team with. I what was I was that I always forget was that the 17 18 season? It was I was probably when we first started going back and forth, maybe even earlier. I don't know. I'm guessing 17, 18, but I'm, it's possible it was 16, 17. I can't remember. You know what? You might be right about the 16, 17, because our initial talk was like focused on tanking versus like trying to win games. And the 16, 17 team was when they started out. Like that was the first Derek Rose year. Um, anyway, there was still a st- ton of Porzingis is the guy talk. Oh yeah. I mean, well, that was in those days. Yeah. That was here until the day he was traded. Uh, you know, if we're being, sure, if, sure. We're, if we're being, if we're being real, as opposed to revisionist history, I should probably introduce you. Um, you could find his stuff on uh, with Liberty ballers and this season cl- uh, clutch points. Where he covers the nets. I will, I'm going to have to get some some jokes in about that. Uh, Dave Early. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Oh, you listen, man. 
You, you don't have to thank me. Come on. <laughs> uh, so you, you, you are one of the few people who I have zero question in my mind obsesses about the nonsense of this stupid league. If not, you may do it more than I do, which is close because I just spent the last half an hour trying to concoct fake four-way Ben Simmons trades, um, which is not how anyone should be spending their time, right? No, if we're being no. honest. It's painful. It is kind of painful. Um, so, yeah, we I, I forget why I originally wanted to get you. Oh, yeah, because like it feels like we're getting to that point in the season where, you know, it's not quite fake trade season, but it's kind of fake trade season. And we already we had the you know, we've had the Portland news cycle and we've had, God knows we've had the Philly news cycle and it feels like we're getting close to like the portion of the year where we're actually going to get some like not concrete reports, but like, you know, more specifics thrown out there. And I figured let's just get ahead of the game. And and I wanted to do it with the person who was better at the fake trade game um, and just like general NBA minutia than, than anyone. Um, <laughs> I appreciate but- that. But first, I will tease you about your coverage of the Nets. So how, how's that been for you this year? I mean, obviously, it's, they're the best team in the East, but, you know, it's still probably pretty interesting, right? It's funny. They reached out and they asked, who, who would you like to do, Knicks or Nets, if, if you wanted to do a New York team? And I originally said uh, the Knicks. Okay. And because I just figured, I, I, like, I'm more tied into the Knicks fan base. of it. All my friends are Knicks fans. I grew up a Knicks fan. Um and then at the last moment, we realized that the Knicks are not very open about what the remote access is going to be. So I didn't yeah. know that I was going to get to cover them, basically. Whereas the Nets were like, we're, we're going to have a remote access indefinitely. So okay. they were like, and I, and I ran this by my friends, even my Knicks fans. And they were like, you were going to be talking about like Deuce McBride instead of Kevin Durant all year <laughs> long and chose that. And I was like, oh. So, so yeah, you made a pivot at the last minute? Actually, it, it happened because of that remote access thing, but I ended up being happy that it pivoted. Um, I mean, it's certainly been a lot to talk about with Brooklyn. and I thought it was just going to be talking about the big three in the championship, and I thought it was going to be like that season where Durant was in Golden State, and people were like, look at this beautiful offense. It's not yeah. just ISO heavy. And I was going to roll my eyes and say, it doesn't matter what they do when they have this much talent. Instead, it was just all vaccines and epidemiology ever since. <laughs> Which is exactly what every every aspiring NBA blogger, you know, when they first <laughs> type their first words on the keyboard uh, wants to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, the funny thing about talking about the Nets is like for as much as has been written and said about the Nets this year, um, I would actually argue that they are the... I, not the less interesting team in New York, but like, like there, like there's a lot to talk about with the Knicks as far as dissecting. You know, we could like get into some of the stuff with Julius Randle that's been going around, and like they brought in these additions that haven't worked. But like, why haven't they worked? And like, they have young players that are interesting. And everything like with the Nets, like yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. Obviously, the Kyrie thing is, uh, yeah, I don't know, you, hovering over this entire NBA season for all intents and purposes. But like. I don't know. Has any does, does any of this shit really matter? I mean, they have they still have Kevin Durant. They still have James Harden. James Harden is presumably going to continue to play himself, you know, into the condition that he needs to be to be a you know the best number two in the league. And then like I I don't know. Do you do you think like Kyrie's apparently going to play at some point? And then they'll have him for what half their game? Like 
they're still the best team, right? Or, or am I missing something here? I, I think without Kyrie, they were not going to win the championship. I, I would. Mm, how convinced are you when you say that? Because that, that's would, the other part of it. I put like, money on it. I put money on it. I so mean, you would put money on the in- field over them. That is, that's yes. fine. I would I would put money on the field too over them because I was thinking about it as I was walking walking home just now. Like I don't think there's a, there was like a favorite in this NBA season, and now with the Kyrie news, like I guess there is a favorite again. But like before, okay. So then you're yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I would have said, you know, going into the year, I thought they were clear cut favorites. Then they lose Kyrie and you see like, holy crap, the, the Warriors are gangbusters. I know yeah. the Bucs haven't looked awesome, but I, I would have put them ahead of the, the Nets given the way that James Harden has looked, given how depleted the roster is other than those two guys, even though they've had some, some help from, from young players and old players and nothing yeah. in between. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I would have heavily preferred the field. Now with Kyrie available for row games, I mean, they could go on a 10-game losing streak and I, I would be like, I, I still think come playoff time, that's the team that'll win the East. I I think even with this news, I'll still, I would still put my money on the field. Um, That's fair. But I do think they should be considered fit. Also, I'll put it this way. You're, you, I know you're, you're pretty good with the betting, the betting terminology before the Kyrie and news. I read your odds checker stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Sir. I appreciate that. Um, before the Kyrie news, I think, I don't think anyone should have gotten better than like two to one odds. Would you have given anyone better than two to one odds before the Kyrie news? Before Kyrie uh, returning? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't three percent. No, I think because of the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, the Bucks. There's just uh, too many Nets. Yeah. Like whoever your favorite was, like if you're like, I would need at least three to one odds to put money on them to actually win the whole thing and then yep. if if faced with all of those possibilities like the, all the teams you just said i, I think i still pro- even b- again before the news of Kyrie's returning i probably still would have put my money on brooklyn and now with this i again i'll but again i'm not i'm not doing it with even money i you need to give me a little a little action there that's fair yeah yeah um still like the right. field i think yeah I, I i do too um okay so that's enough about the nets um so the so the Knicks, and again, this is why I want to talk to you. The Knicks are in one of these, like I, I group the league right now in, I, I always do this because I'm, this is how my mind works. I have to look at the standings and this is how I like, I visualize things. You can see me looking at my phone right now. Um, I, I like group the league right now into, I want to say four. Yeah. I'll say four different categories. There's like the teams that, know what they are and can, and actually have a chance to win it all. And maybe we'll make like, you know, I'm obviously the Nets will try to like make a transaction here or something. I'm sure, you know, maybe well the warriors are going to get clay back. Like maybe the bucks try to pick up a little, a little something like whatever there's those five teams, right? Are we, yeah. are we throw, maybe the bulls, do they, do they get the no. respect of being no, no, I, I would go Suns, jazz, warriors, nets, bucks, no bulls. And then, bef- and then I would say the Heat getting healthy down the road over the Bulls. Okay. Uh, I look at the Hawks over the Bulls. All right. Well, so now healthy. you're getting into my next category, which is like teams that again they they know what they are. They're like they feel like they're like okay, we just got to get it going. 
but we yeah, feel pretty yeah. good about our core. Okay. Maybe we're not a contender, but like, what are we going to do about it right now? We don't really have a choice. There's no big move for us. And that's like uh, most of the league almost in my mm-hmm. eyes. And then we'll skip a group. And then it's your teams at the bottom who, you know, continue to win games like Detroit won a game last night, which is insane to me. Um, but, uh, and I guess the only question mark in that group is the Pelicans. Like what are the Pelicans going to do? I guess that depends on Zion, but whatever, we don't have to talk about that. And then I put the Knicks in this, this last category, which is in between the bottom rung and then the, the other group, which is teams who, and there's some like, sorry, I should specify. There's some like flow in between like how like some of the teams in this group might be better than some of the teams in the group ahead of them and, right. and vice versa, but like teams that there is something fundamentally unsettled about their essence, right. About right. like at this very moment. And I put the Knicks in that group. I'm putting Philly in that group because of, purely because of the Simmons thing, not to mention the fact that they haven't really played well in a while, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Um, and let's, what other teams do we want? Let's start there. What other teams should we put in that group? Uh, Portland, right? Fundamentally questionable essence groups. Yes. Um, see, I, I separate the Sixers and the Knicks because I think the Sixers have a bona fide franchise player and the Knicks they do. don't at this point. But so you don't, me, you can't put them there just because of the Simmons thing? Yeah, they're, they're, they fit that more technically, like you said, they're, un, they're completely unsettled. But I just put them in a higher class because oh, they have a higher, no. higher ceiling. The, okay, this is why I, this is why I brought this is why I made that corollary. Okay. They are in the they're better. They're in like the top to upper notch of teams, but there is still something about them that it's like yeah, yeah. this thing should probably get resolved sooner rather than later. Before we dismiss them as a playing team. Correct. I agree. It, exactly. Okay. So uh Portland, you're on board with them being in this group. Uh I mean they're beyond unsettled. They feel like they're just the sinking ship. Wow. Wow. Shots fire. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's just, they, they have no chance to win the championship as present as it currently constructed. So yeah, but we could say that about a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, uh, we're classifying here. Like for example, I couldn't say that about the Celtics cause they have a couple, they have at least one superstar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But again, it's like, okay. At some point the Celtics will pivot. Right. But for mm-hmm. this season, it's like, all right, we're going to ride as far as these two dudes and the other pieces we've surrounded them with can take us. Like, I, we, we, you don't think they're going to trade one of those two guys, right? I couldn't rule it out. I mean, there has been like whispers that they would look to do that. Uh, Man, if they, it, if they know, traded Brown, I'd be shocked. It's tough to trade Brown this year because you're not sure what you're getting. He's been dealing on and off with this hamstring. Yeah, too, but. yeah I know. Um Okay, so like, okay, I get what you're saying about about Portland. Like, Portland, there's no chance. Apparently, my daughter disagrees with me. Um, there's <laughs> there's no chance Portland's going to win anything this year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Can we, put, can we put Sacramento in this group? With Portland? Sure. Yeah, let's put Sacramento there. Um, and so they're 500, but they're 500 with a positive net rating, positive scoring margin. Wow, I'm just looking. They've won four in a row. Do you know who the team I'm talking about is? 500 team, positive scoring margin, has won four in a row, and I want to put it in this category. Can you guess is who I'm Hornets? talking about? No, I, I actually see. I, to me, the Hornets are, again, they're whatever they are. They're a 500 team, but they know exactly what they are. And they are going to ride that shit until the wheels fall off this year. And then they'll go, you know, and maybe make a pivot. Although who knows, maybe they get miles Turner and they try to upgrade that position. But like, like LaMelo Hayward, my miles Bridget, like that's, you know, they're rolling with that group. No, I'm talking about what what were you going to say? No, I was just going to ask you what you think about miles Bridges. I like him. Um, I don't know. So like, are, is, is basically your question, like, would you max him? Cause they're, they're probably going to need to max him. Right. Yeah. That type of question. Would you, if you were the Knicks, would you make a big offer for him? If you were them, would you max I, I, him? Is he going to be an all-star? I, I mean, do the Colin, Sixers consider him with Ben Simmons. Do the Sixers consider him for Ben Simmons? Yeah. Like it, where would you be valuing him? If you were the Knicks or the Sixers or the Hornets? I like miles is like, I think we're seeing near like, I don't feel like there's another plat like to me. He he, yeah. This is what he is. Maybe there's a slightly better version of this thing out there for him, but this is kind of what he is. And like, I'm just thinking of contracts, like Colin's got five for one twenty five, and he probably wasn't happy about that. Um, and bridges is like a more valuable archetype, obviously, but I don't, I don't think he, I actually don't think he's going to get them. I could see him getting like five for one thirty, five something like that. Right. If he wants even five, I mean, maybe he wants to, I don't know. Maybe he wants a shorter term deal, but I, I don't know. I, it's a good question. Yeah. He's, I, I mean, I like him. Why do you like, are you really high on him or are you just kind of high on him? I'm not sure where I am on him. I was kind of open to that. Um, I, ch- I had to do the exercise of guess the 30 players on Daryl Morey's list for Ben Simmons. 
And I had him in that like number 37 range. I think that's the appropriate place for him. I think that's, yeah. I mean, well, hold on. So now we're already, now we're already going off the rails. You said 30 players. What was the report or was it a tweet or something that came out? It was uh, Sam Amick who said there's like a list of 30 the Sixers have. So I'm remembering something about, didn't Maury say something like we're confident we could get a top 25 player? Or am it I making reported, that up? No, no, it was reported that. Yeah, that the Sixers okay. so top 25. So it's either 25 or 30. That's the list. And we, mm-hmm. we could assume that on that list are names like, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo and like Luka Doncic, right? It's like, it's not like... I'm thinking, I'm right? thinking that there's probably a few of those guys who are on the list, but then I'm also thinking there's a few who are not for whatever reason to make room for some of those guys like Cade Cunningham, because. Oh yeah. No. Okay. That's, they would definitely that, do that trade, but oh, well, I, I, I would hope so. I would, yeah. I, I would imagine that, uh, that as well. That's an interesting, thing. who is like the, who are the top, who, who tops the like not present day good player, but like top asset list is Kate at the top of that list. He's got to be up there. It's like, who, who's definitely not a top 30 player, but who is definitely a top something asset. And, and I think Cade's up there. I think Mobley might be. I don't even um, know if you could consider Mobley in that category because Mobley's already fucking <laughs> like, if he didn't, if he didn't catch COVID, like I'm, I yeah. don't think he would have made the all-star team, but wouldn't roll it out. Right. Yeah. There's just those guys like a two-way big who comes in and just completely changes a franchise. We saw that with Shaq. We saw that with Dwight Howard, both in Orlando, yeah. weirdly. Um, and they just take you from like the worst team to one of the best teams. Uh, I, you can't rule out that he could do something like that for the Cavs, but no, 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 you, you absolutely can't. Rule. I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be, gr- I wouldn't, um, I, I, he's not like a, uh, NBA nerd Twitter favorite, I think, but like Anthony Edwards, I think probably belongs with Cade at the top of that group because he's still not not necessarily always helpful right now. Right, um, right. But I'm 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 a little I'm higher, I think, on Anthony Edwards the most. I think he's gonna be pretty good. Um, and then, yeah, like yeah, it really is kind of Cade's in a in a tier of his own with this in that conversation at least. Um, anyway, some people might say Scotty Barnes, but go ahead. But yeah, but again, Scotty Barnes, he he's like in between the two. Like he's not where Mobley is in terms of like how much he's transformed like a franchise, but he's also not like, you know, Cade's obviously on a right. five win team. Um, I, 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 oh, oh, yes. Let's, let's, oh, so the team I was talking about, speaking of Anthony Edwards, the team I was talking about was the, was the Timberwolves. Yeah. Who yeah, I think I again, they, yeah, they're like itching to, I feel like they're itching to do something. Like they clearly found something with that lineup, but at the same time, there was a good piece. I want to say it was on the the Ringer, maybe this week, uh, or some some somebody wrote a good piece on the rules in which uh, they analyzed the the lineup that's been blowing away everybody, but also pointing out how like there's too much, there's like not enough, there's not a, there's no two way players. It's basically one one way or the other, um, mm-hmm. and so something like doesn't fit. And like aside from those teams, I feel like in terms of teams that actually you feel like are going to try to maybe do something this season to shake things up. I don't know that I, Oh, Indiana, we could put Indiana in there. I don't know if I have anybody else in, in that kind of like unsettled. We want to make a change, like a, maybe a, 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 a change on the bigger side. Um, so I bring these teams up because Ben Simmons is 
on the trade block. Um, yep. In related news, the Knicks are currently struggling. The Knicks have been looking for um, their star player for, you know, ever since Melo stopped becoming a star player. Uh, <laughs> they, they thought they found one last year in Julius Randle. Um, Julius Randle has not played like a star this season. So I'm gonna, I think this is going to be a pretty quick conversation, but I at least want to start here. Um, if Leon Rose calls Daryl today um, and says, okay, we can't trade Julius Randle until February 3rd, but let's pretend we're it's February 3rd uh, straight up. Uh, even though the money wouldn't work because Julius makes a little bit uh, too, too few dollars. So whatever it is, it's uh, you know, Julius and Knox for, for Ben. Um, what do you think the response is from, from Daryl? Well, Knox, we really like, but we've had Knox on our board. We've had Knox on our board for years now. Not Julius. No, I think mm. they would love, I think they would love to get a guy like Julius if they could part with a guy like Tobias Harris, but I don't think they would be excited about the uh, Julius and Joel pairing. I think they would feel that Julius is one of those guys where when you get him, you, you, you improve your record, you improve your on-court product, but you don't improve your blockbuster trade offer. So if there's some big name fish who could be on the move, Dame, Beal, et cetera, players that should both be on the Knicks radar. Um, I think Julius takes you out of the running there in a way that just simply having Ben Simmons on the lineup paid or not paid um, lets you stay and play for the yeah, same way you, CJ McCollum would like you, well, you trade for McCollum. You're not going to yeah. get Dame at any point. <clears throat> I was about to say it, you just very politely phrased the reality that Julius Randle is not someone who I think anyone on the league would anyone around the league would look at right now is like, Oh, there's a number two on my championship core. Um, yeah. And if I were a Knicks fan hearing that I, I would be frustrated because I'd be saying, well, Julius Randle has been playing better than Ben Simmons. What are these guys talking about? Ben Simmons has higher trade value, but I think he probably does as weird as that would sound. Well, um, Oh my God. There's definitely a phrase that applies to the concept that I'm thinking of. I'll just explain the concept. And then if you think of the phrase, let me know okay. something like the further away, something gets in your memory. The, the, the more you recency bias or something th that's actually the very, yes, that is the thing. <laughs> and that's the fact that I couldn't think of that or speaks privacy. to how old I'm getting. <laughs> no, it's re no, it's recency bias. Like the further away we get from, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, passing up a three foot shot. And then and in that same series, like <clears throat> asking for the Sixers lineup person to like get him his stats for like, you know, one of his, or maybe it wasn't that serious. Was that like during the year? Maybe that was during the year. When what? When he asked, when somebody like asked a, a question in a post game that was like borderline critical and he like asked somebody to get him his, like, or to confirm. I think that, like, I think that was after game seven. When was it after game seven? Maybe I believe yeah. it was. I think okay. the local media was, was he wasn't sure yet. You could tell he wasn't sure that that play was going to be the story. Oh, okay. And then people started in on that. Why didn't dunk it? And then someone else asked him, uh, which is very different from New York. When you watch New York, if you see these guys like Wally do a post game, they're very pro Knicks, you know, oh, yeah. um, Rebecca, they're very, very, very friendly. Even if, uh, a guy like Noah Vonley has played poorly. He's he's going to get a wonderful interview. Whereas in the affiliates, of all the players you just brought up, Noah fucking Vonley. Talk about just, a deep cut. I'm just remembering some of these uh, some of these interviews where you'd think he was like <laughs> the second coming, right? 
Um, Listen, we all we all uh, we all drank the bow of online Kool Aid at one point or another. I did too. I said that he should be worth the first round pick, and it's amazingly. <laughs> I'm sure I anyway. said that too. <laughs> but but I was just going to say they were really tough on Ben, and uh, mm. they were asking, "Is there something about the playoffs where you're just not that effective compared to the regular season?" So you could see why eventually he wanted to defend himself uh, a little bit. Yes, he was like, "How did Trey do? Five yeah. twenty-three yeah. or whatever." There, yeah. Um, not eh, a fair question. Um, well, so we're, we're, fur, we're far away from that. And yeah. the yeah, further, yeah, the further away we get from that, the more, I think it's easier and, and, and quite frankly, it, correct to look at the larger sample size of what this person is, who was a, uh, a three-time all-star all NBA. He made the All NBA team one time, right? Um, and Third team All NBA in 2020, I believe. There you go. And um, you know, I think widely acknowledged as the, the top two defender in the sport, top three defender in the sport, like whatever. He's he's yeah. If he's if he's on your team, like you have a a, a a significant advantage on defense over almost any other team in the league. Yeah. Um. So that's. You know, and that's real. And like there, he could do real stuff in transition and like how, you know, how effectively he translates to the postseason. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't we don't need to rehash these conversations. I'm sure you've had them ad nauseum over the course of the last several years. But like there's a there's a player there that has real value. And like to just forget that and ignore it. Whereas Julius, again, w- like there is there like recent again, recency bias. Right. <laughs> what, what are we talking about this year? We're talking about a player who after 30 games is I, I called him on my show yesterday, the least um, efficient high usage player in the entire, in the mm. entire NBA who, other than like, you know, rookies. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think you're, I don't think your position is, is wrong that that's what, that's what Maury would, would say. Um, and I, but I just, I wanted to like tease it out. That's all. Um, so let's move on. Who do you, I, I who do you think? Because I'm I'm going to get back to the Knicks here in a second. Because I think there's a way the Knicks could possibly get in on this. Who do you think is the best player that Philly realistically could get for Ben? See, I think there's someone who we would both agree is not realistic that they are still trying to get. And Dame. yeah, Dame Beal has not signed his extension. No, um, he is not. Levine has not signed his extension. James Harden and Kyrie Irving have not signed. So yep. I think the way they're looking at it is like, if all of these are small point, point one, point one, point one, if there's enough of those, maybe we have like a 4% chance. All we need is one of them to be on the move. And that person could be SGA or, or Jalen Brown as well. Um, it's funny you bring up SGA. I, so like uh, uh, someone asked me on the post game the other night, um, who is I think I, I want to phrase it correctly. I think it was CT Pittman, my, my, uh, my buddy on all these super chats. Um, who's the player who like the best player you think the Knicks could realistically get if they traded Julius Randall. Um, and like a bunch of people typed in the chat, like SGA. I'm, and I'm like, there, there's no, there's no way. Now, if it was no. Ben Simmons, maybe it's a different conversation, but to me, like if you're, the Thunder, why are you trading? I mean, if you, like, it's one thing to trade him for the number one pick in the draft. It's another thing to trade him for a veteran on a 
like that's already making thirty million dollars a year when you're at the point that you're at in your in your right. Like I don't think that he's yeah he, yeah. If I were them, I would say hard no to Julius. Um, I mean, unless you were giving me so many picks that it was disgusting, and I had to actually quantify that- how many. Um, but <laughs> if I were them, I would say okay, Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey and a few picks, and then I I really have to think about that. That's yeah, and and I and Philly's. I'm not going to do that. I, I don't think they will. Um, they yeah. So, okay. So let's put aside all those names you just said, who I think, again, you acknowledge are not realistic names. Um, but then, then again, you never know. And the date, like Dame. Okay. So we haven't really talked about Dame. Let's actually touch on Dame before we continue this conversation. I, I think, cause again, this is relevant to the next. I think we're like sneaking very carefully into some interesting territory with Lillard where, and I absolutely think it has to do in part with the article, the Woj article from a few weeks ago with the um, uh, thanks. Thanks Neil O'Shea for your parting gift um, with the, he wants, what does he want? 50, a hundred million dollars, whatever, two year extension for a hundred yeah. million dollars. Basically like, uh, I hope you dump me for even asking you for this kind of move. <laughs> it's, yes, exactly. Um what, what would your what would your wife ask you for? You'd be like, "Wow, I might actually have to say no," and <laughs> that's going to be a deal breaker here. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I don't know, but I love my wife, so I, I I would do anything for her. But it's a good question. But if she said, "Like, I need three mansions in the next five years," <laughs> otherwise, <you> realize... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I need a house in uh, like what's a what's a place in Italy, like Como, that every, all the yeah, celebrities. You- you yeah. would know you were in trouble here if she's asking. It would, yes, it would, yes, I would, I would know that the the the, the clock is ticking. Right. Um, so yeah, so Dame, like, so he's let's just again, these are facts. Um, he's thirty one years old. He's a six foot nothing guard, um, who apparently has not only been injured this year, but if you believe some stuff that is floating around, he's been injured for some time. Yeah. Um, muscle, whatever. Yeah. And the, the, like those types of things don't seem to go away. Um, never been good on defense. Um, not going to get any better on defense. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, the offensive game, I guess is like, what I don't know what it is going to be from here on in. I, I, I suppose there's reason for optimism that it's going to get more back to what, what it was in recent years. But like, like you know, Lowe talked about it um, on his pod. Like the 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 notion that there's like a Harden trade out there here is that I think I think that's that's done. Um, and I'm I'm starting to wonder like, okay, so whatever Portland hires its new GM and the and and the the, the ownership group whoever uh, Jody Allen is like yeah okay do whatever you want to do. Um, like what? is there the monster? Like, that's why I think like the, the Dame conversation is so inextricably linked to the Simmons conversation because outside of Philly, like who's the team. I mean, I'm sure the Knicks would give up a ton for Dame, I guess. Right. But if I were Leon, I would be, I would be coming up with every possible. We add two and maybe three superstars in the next year and a half. I would try to trade for one sign and trade the other, and then start stacking my package for, for that future Harden trade in two Januaries from now. That's how I would be looking at it. Can I get Dame via Blockbuster? I'm sending, I'm sending the guys that can play basketball to another team so I can just give Portland the picks, not ask them to take Julius 
I'm sure they would take all of our $10 million contracts, Burks, you know, sure. Noel, um, to try to get Dame. And then I'm trying to give very little to sign and trade for Beal. Um, and then I'm going to try to get them some help anywhere I can. You'd, you'd have to be banking on the sign and trade this summer, right? Yeah, yeah. I have that all in the works now with all of my whatever Kentucky start, start looking at other colleges guys. We need. (laughs) Yeah. But then, but then, but again, there's the, in that, the report, Ben said, Dame Lillard apparently would like to play with Ben Simmons. So like you could read that in one of several ways, right? It's, is it a call to his, whoever the hell's making decisions for them right now to like go get Ben Simmons? Yeah. Or is it a, do, do the minimum to keep me here. I mean, at least trade CJ for Ben. So I have some reason to, have to yeah, but you just, we, we, we are sitting here acknowledging that Daryl Morey is not going to do that. Right. right, right okay. Right. So that's not going to happen. They so I know that he might, there was a rumor. He said like include three or four picks on top. They might've done that. Yeah. And so if you're Portland, I, that, isn't that, I don't want to say that's insane, right? To basically mortgage your entire draft future to bring Ben Simmons and add him to Dame Lillard because that gets you where as a franchise right now. I I, I don't want to do it, but if if I had like a governor and owner or whatever saying like I, I just don't want to rebuild. I don't want to do an 8-year thing. That's what I would start to look at. Like who's the best player that I could get here to join Ben uh, Dame tomorrow? And and sell Dame on giving this a shot. You can't replace CJ for Brogdon because he's going to feel like we already did that. So yeah. maybe, <clears throat> yeah, spot, I don't. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Um, I I get the sense that like I'm feeling increasingly pessimistic that Ben Simmons ends up in Portland. I guess is the way that I'm I'm I'm, I'm the, where I'm trying to go with this. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I I I get where you're saying about the Knicks selling out to try to bring Dame here. Not selling out, excuse me. You're not saying sell out. But like, if you can get Dame and still retain enough of your assets to make those other plays, which, like, I would get that. I'm not, I, it's not, I don't think it's the direction that I would want to go right now. Um, mm. Although I do think there is some merit to it just because, again, as I was starting to reference before, I think there's enough fear there with Dame right now that, like, you would really be banking on adding two guys to him and then hoping it worked and it worked working well enough that it's like, you know, it really works. Um, yeah. Tommy, Tommy beer laid it out, like trade everything for Dame and then Schwinn on his pod, he took the opposite standpoint. He was basically saying the, the best thing the Knicks have going for them is time. Just make this like a six year project. I, that's what I'd like to see right now. And I think, you know, again, that's, that's grass is always greener. That's, that's, um, you know, falling in love with the kids. That's all the, all the things that NBA fans should know by now is like a little bit of fool's gold at mm-hmm. the same time. Like it's not something they've ever done, you know, really like for real, real like, um, all out I, tank. Man? No, I mean, just like you have a, re- a lot of really cool, interesting young kids here and you, like, you don't have a star, but like, don't like, again, I, I guess Schwinn said, like, don't rush it. Like, see where, see where you go with this. Like, don't, don't do anything crazy. Don't do anything stupid. And then just keep taking it one step at a time and trust the fact that like you're the Knicks, you have something pretty good going here. Um, although again, with what's going on right now, which is again, which brings it all back to Julius Randall and like the dynamic within the team right now is you know, Kemba Fournier, things are not mixing well, which is why, again, I have them in this category. I feel like they're unsettled and I feel like they are going to want to get in on if there's a big trade that's going to happen, I feel like they're going to want to try to get on it, but who knows? 
The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zin for a spin. Zin nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So let's get back to bed. I know I'm, this is like an all-over-the-place episode, but we're, we're, we're getting to the finish line, I promise. <laughs> I don't care. I'll go on any loophole, any roller coaster. <laughs> this is why I wanted to have you on because I knew there's no one else who would like follow me down this craziness. I'll, other than I'll you. follow all of these tangents. <laughs> and thank God for you. Um, okay. So the, I keep trying to, this is the player I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm circling as like, if I had to place my, my chip right now, the player who's going to be involved in the eventual Ben Simmons trade, I'm putting it on. Um, De'Aaron Fox. Wow. Okay. So what you say? Wow. So tell me why you say wow. Because you know this better wow. than I do. We we played this at Liberty Ballers. We played who's the worst player you would return for Ben Simmons, and I picked Fox before a year. And I feel like I sold a little low on Ben once I saw Fox disappointed a little bit this year. And, and Tyrese Maxey looks like a pretty good arbitrage Fox at this point. So I was trying yeah. to think to myself, well, who? Now that Fox may have lost some value, um, does that make Daryl Morey want to pull the trigger or does that make him want to look for someone else? So who, do you have another current answer for who's the worst player that you would trade Ben Simmons for? I didn't. I don't think I actually got worse. I think I moved up to better. But yeah, I, I started looking into the possibilities of like, Rich Paul, you have put your stamp on making this mess happen. Can you help fix it? Just find your clients, find Darius Garland and say, Hey, do you want to go to Philly and bang me to go to Cleveland? Let's go um, do something like that. Rich Paul, you know, cleans up the whole mess that he uh, helped make. So that's, how I, I would be, I would be mad on behalf of the city of Cleveland if they <laughs> traded Darius Garland for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Fair. I would be, a, I, I like Darius Garland a lot. And um, well, I'm biased because I like the Sixers. So yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Um, my God, break up the Cavs, by the way. Um, yeah. At some point, they're going to lose again, I would assume. But who the hell knows? I, but like, again, it's this is kind of why I settled on Fox, because is he a perfect answer? No, of course, he's not a perfect answer for the reasons that you very correctly stated. He has been again, if you if you look at the on off stuff for like the, the, the players who are like the quote unquote stars around this league, um, you know, like fringe going down to like fringe all stars and then you just do the on off. It's Rand, Randall's in his own here at the bottom, but like Fox is not, is the next guy up um, in that the Kings are, are much better when he's not playing basketball, um, you know, which, which Woof. should, what? <laughs> Woof. Yeah. It's, it's not what you want. Um, you know, and again, we're, we're talking about it's the Kings and it's, it's like when, when that stat exists and your team isn't very good, that's a, a, a significant cause for concern. Um, all that being said, 
he's still young. I think things were trending in the right direction. And then this year, a little bit last year too, but like this year, it's really like kind of falling off a cliff. I just, so I'm wondering if you're Philly, do you, if you can get Fox, maybe rehabilitate him outside of what is, you know, has to be one of the two or three worst NBA environments over the last however many years you want to say. Um, And then to get back to what you were saying before, could you then turn around and flip Fox in that next deal? Right? Like if that's Mm -hmm. the worst case scenario and you could get Fox and a thing, maybe, maybe is that the play? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. If you could get Fox and then turn around and say, well, We'll take Fox we're not thrilled about, but let us swap Tobias Harris for Harrison Barnes or something like that. Maybe. So, all right. So you, now, let me, and this is where, now we're going to get back into my madness. So here's what I have written down on my paper here. This is what, this is as much, I, 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 no, it's, I, I know I limited it for, I limited it. For, there was, there was what one five team trade in NBA history. There was never been a six team trade. I don't think. The, the biggest one that I know of was the uh, Andrew Bynum, Orlando, Philly, L.A. Which was 20 players and four yeah, teams, I think, so. I think. But then there was some kind of craziness this summer. Oh, they, um, they did what ended up being the, the final Dinwiddie trade, I think, may have involved. That was close. That involved a lot of a lot of players um, and teams. Um, OK, so let's say Philly gets Fox. I don't know what else they're going to get, but they need your I agree with you. They need something else. I don't think like, yeah, I guess you could do it a straight deal where Simmons ends up in Sacramento. But like if I'm Sacramento, I already have Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton as, as ball handlers. And I don't buy this, this notion that like Ben Simmons is just, is going to be like, I think Ben Simmons wants to go handle the ball. And I think if Ben Simmons isn't handling the ball, like that's a problem and he's going to like not be happy. So here's what I want to do. I think the team that's most, again, I'll let you guess. Who do you think I think is the team most desperate to get Ben Simmons in the entire league? Most desperate to get him. Um, so let's see a team that could actually surround him with shooters and give him the ball would be. Surround him with talent. Surround him with talent. Think stretch five. The Celtics? Stretch five? No, Robert Williams is a stretch five. Oh, I was thinking of Horford. <laughs> I, well, he's... Uh, the Pacers with Turner? <laughs> um, that's actually a good guy. No, I, so I think it's Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnesota, he's been linked to consistently. Yeah. They've dropped in the... I know you do odds checker. They've dropped in those odds where now the Kings and the Thunder at the top but they've been consistently there and yeah. they've got the, uh, the connections to Daryl Morey, or at least they did right in the front office. So she yeah. does. He's still there. Exactly. So I'm sending Simmons to Minnesota, which means I have to send um, D'Angelo Russell somewhere. Right. Or you could do Beasley and Beverly and stuff. You could do Beasley, Beverly and stuff. You could do that. Indeed. Yeah, but D'Lo's easier. Delo's easier. And also like, you know, I think Delo's a little easier to talk yourself into, especially since here's the key. He's an expiring contract next year. Expires mm-hmm. before 2023. Yeah, so Presley will take him for one year and flip him for you. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he would. <laughs> give me one pick to take him, and I'll charge three picks to give him back. 
<laughs> to the same team. Yeah. Um, uh, Sacramento has no interest in uh, D'Angelo Russell because, again, they have two ball handlers, not to mention Buddy Heald, who's like D'Angelo Russell with, I guess, less ball handling, right? Is that or and uh, best shoot, better yep. shooter? We should we should you got to get that. one of these teams that just wants to sell some tickets. Like the Pistons could use a guy like that, maybe. Or well, it's funny you mentioned selling tickets because the t- the ticket prices here in New York are getting expensive, right? Yeah, COVID is is rampaging. Yeah. This is where I got to, and then I, I didn't get a chance to finish my thoughts. So maybe we could finish it now. I'm thinking of so New York again, very clearly uh, um, telegraphed for the summer that they did not want to extend big money into uh, past past two years out. This is why the Burks, the Noel, the Rose, like all those contracts were two years with a team option on the third year. They obviously had to go three fully guaranteed years to get Evan Fournier. But I think at that number, they feel pretty confident that they can flip him. Speaking of flipping Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, as we just discussed, trade values in the shitter. Um, I think that's because he has looked bad this year. And I think the reason he's looked bad is because he does not, he really does not like the players that he's playing with. I don't Mm. think he likes playing with Evan Fournier. I don't think he's enjoyed playing with Kemba Walker. Um, And I think if there was, if there was an opportunity for the Knicks to flip Evan Fournier and something else, maybe Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier together. Wouldn't be the first time they left one team together and essentially went to a new team together. Um, (laughs) To try to make Julius happy again and to try to give someone Julius he wants to play with again, I think that they would jump at that chance. And this is where, I think this is where I, this is where I finally reached, which is New York taking on Russell in this trade, this crazy trade. And then Sacramento here, I guess, would end up with Evan Fournier, who that could make sense, right? Sure. Right? Like, okay, yeah. whatever. What, what what is the Kings giving up at this point? So again, the Kings are so the Kings are giving it to Aaron Fox. So the Kings are gonna need okay. something Fox else besides Evan, the Kings are gonna need something else besides Evan Fournier, but here, Minnesota is the one that's giving up D'Angelo Russell and getting Ben Simmons. So, so Minnesota is the one at this point that has to give up the huge thing, right? Yeah. So do they, so do they give up like a future unprotected first round pick to the Kings here? Something like that. The Kings lose Fox and get Fournier. Fournier. And then so the Knicks here are flipping Fournier and they got it. We still have to send out a little bit more salary because we're taking Fournier only makes 18 million. Russell makes 30 million, but like, see, this is where I think it breaks. This is where the whole thing probably falls apart because so fine. Let's give the Kings. I don't know. You want to give the Kings Burks? Cause they, they probably out of Burks, Noel and Kemba. They probably want Burks, right? If I could have Burks, Noel or Kemba. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I would take Burks. Yeah, um, they're still going to. So they end up with Fournier and Burks and they get a Minnesota future unprotected first round pick or maybe maybe even multiple or like a first and like a future protected first. And we I still haven't forgotten about Philly, right? Philly still needs something else because you're going from Simmons to Fox and they want a little something, a little something. Me- Maybe someone, and obviously my selfish interest here, I'm trying not to have New York give up any of its key young players. I have a feeling to facilitate this, something else we need to go out. Maybe it's the Charlotte pick. I don't know if you know about that pick. It's um, 
It was acquired on draft night. Hernan Gomez one? Oh. No, no, those are those are two seconds. <laughs> those are almost paid due, I think. No, it's um, it's a pick that's top eighteen protected for this year, top sixteen next year, and then it's top fourteen for like two straight years, and then it converts to two seconds. But it's like okay. a, you know, it's a mid first round pick. I yeah. would say that pick is probably going to need to go out here to some to someone. But I don't know. I feel like I have the makings of something here. Is this ins- tell me? I mean, be honest. Is this insane? So I think it's not insane. If I were the Knicks, I would prefer D'Lo to Fournier, and I might be willing to include Burks in a heavily in a weird pick. Yeah, this this but, like it's a real first round pick, but it's just it's not gonna be a good one. But the first thing that I'm gonna say in that war room with with you and Jeremy would be like that'd be a four room. Um, do we really want to make a decision to make Julius more happy? Like I want to, I want to make sure that everything we do and all of our resources that we use are going into finding out our first franchise player. And I don't yeah. think that's D So if you want him anyway, if he does something for us, do we wow. want headlines enough to sell a culture or some I, sort of unquantifiable path? Um, but I would be more on the um, Brock Aller wavelength of like just show me the path towards getting that franchise player is it am i adding picks here you're i don't think you're gonna be adding picks. yeah so i don't think i I would be quick to make that move especially if it's going to cost me assets that i might need to win a bidding war for someone who is feel i agree with you the knicks would not do this trade if they had to give up a first round pick I think they would do it if it just meant them sending out salary. Yeah, why not? Let's do it for salary. <laughs> yeah, I think they would do it for salary, but I think if all it is is salary, I think the trade probably falls apart unless it gets to a point where, like, again, I haven't thought this through fully, but like if it gets to the point where all of these other teams are like, okay, we're at the two yard line of this trade and we literally just need someone to take on D'Angelo Russell who can, like, take on the salary and who could send something back that like is like is like decent and not terrible money that's the only way that i could see new york getting in and 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 making this happen i would um, just need some assurances that i cannot be sold finally the Knicks get the point guard they've always wanted because i don't <laughs> want to hear that i can't i will not By the way, be told you- that i was told that about kemba walker <laughs> well, Jalen Russell's not a point guard so that's not a problem um by the way and the reason the reason i i not the reason I thought of this, but the reason I, I could sell myself on the possibility of this happening. D'Angelo Russell's agents, Aaron Mintz and Aaron Brown of uh, CAA. Mm, mm, yeah. So just throwing that out there. That's all. There's some synergies for sure. Yeah. Someone they've been linked with in the past um, uh, with uh, b- before Steve Mills got fer- fired. Um, but uh, Scott Perry was there when those rumors came out. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, again, this is really all the genesis of um, Julius Randle's is not good. And I think the most important thing the Knicks could do short of what you just said, which is figuring out how to acquire, how to acquire that actual real um, star is rehabbing Julius Randle's value to the point that he does not look like. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that agenda for sure. That's all this is it. This is that's all this is about. What do Would it you, work? What's you, I have no idea. What's the quick version of of why you think Julius doesn't like playing with those guys? You think they like to dribble too much? He wants I them think, spot up. 
I think my my own theory, which has yeah. been confirmed by absolutely nothing, is he felt like we were on to something last year and let's try to tweak it. And then they brought in these players, which essentially for it to work the way it needed to work required like Julius to almost fundamentally change his approach to the game because last, last season it was just like, you know, again, the, the the analogy I use is like Julius was the sun. Everything just revolved around Julius, you know, he didn't need to worry about what the fuck anybody else wanted or was going to do. It's like, okay, it's my offense. And like, you're going to play off me and that's it. That's the offense. And I think in his view, yeah, exactly. And I think in his view, it's like, all right, well let's upgrade maybe one or two of those other pieces, but let's keep things the way it is. And then this season, it was more like, Oh no, for this to function, like everybody kind of needs to change the way they're most comfortable playing, including by the way, Kemba and Fournier. And I don't think those guys were particularly thrilled at that either. So I don't think anyone was happy. And then, you know, the the fact that you change the fundamental identity of the team as the defense first team by bringing in Kemba and Fournier, I think it's just, you know, it's all had residual effects. And I don't think Julius Randle is very happy playing basketball right now. And I think he's not making much of an effort to hide that on the court. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. All right. We have done an hour's worth of talking about um, utter nonsense, which is I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Are you proud of that, Dave? I'm proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's we're, great. Hopefully we're giving someone a distraction from the, the, the world outside. Hopefully they're quarantining <laughs> and listening to us. <laughs> Pretty much we're all going to be quarantining again. My God. Yeah. What, 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 when is this going to end? I don't know. Um, probably before, before the Knicks get D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I brought it up. Uh, all right. Before I let you go, uh, could you just tell everybody uh, at home where they could uh, find you, your stuff and follow you and the whole thing? Give me a follow it on Twitter, D-A-V-I-D-E-A-R-L-Y. David Early, I write for Liberty Ballers of SB Nation about the Sixers. I write for Clutch Points about the Brooklyn Nets. You got to sell yourself more, man. This is You're Dave Early. Come on, man. All right. If you, if you want the best access to insider <laughs> scoops and tremendous analysis, yes, sports that's betting, it. <laughs> and if you, jokes... If, if, yes, you, if the jokes are good. If you if you want to find out where Ben Simmons is going next, follow Dave Riley. That's it. Yeah, that's, I'll give you some one. strong opinions. <laughs> Giddy up. All right. Hope you enjoyed that wild, wild, wild round of fake trade talk. Uh, you can tell that I like talking fake trades with Dave. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Again, for those of you selling celebrating Christmas later this week um, in early Merry Christmas, although I will talk to you again because, as always, we have post games coming up for um, tonight's game, for Thursday's game. Uh, Andrew is going to be on the ones and twos for the post game on the uh, on Christmas, but we will also have another uh, regular podcast, as it were, before then um, to discuss some more trade fodder. And in particular, one person who has been, uh, heavily linked to the Knicks via trade, um, for, well, it feels like it's been a few years that his name has come up in conjunction with the Knicks, but a lot more recently, I won't say anything more than that, but we are bringing someone in, um, to discuss, uh, that person. So that'll be the next regular episode of the podcast that you hear, uh, that is scheduled to drop, uh, on Thursday, Uh, In the meantime, hope everybody has a great week and we'll talk to you soon.